This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Podcast Unlocked. Oh my goodness, it's Podcast Unlocked episode, Marty, what episode is this? 163. Wow. That's a lot. That's a palindrome. It's not, it's a, you know, it's not a palindrome no, it's at all. Not. It's not, a, not in any way, shape, or form. You don't know what a palindrome no. is. <laughs> the I Technodrome. That remember that? <laughs> the Technodrome? I remember that. Yeah, Shredders. <laughs> That's where yeah. Shredder lived. Mm-hmm. And Krang. Krang. Krang was Bebop and Rocksteady hung out there. Well, that was a boys club. <laughs> when I was a kid, I always wanted a... Uh, you know, because I, I had the action figures, sure. all the turtle action yeah. figures. I always—they never made a Krang action figure when I in the original like OG yeah, Turtles yeah. era. I always wanted like the big, you know. Super yeah, they, size they yeah, totally version. did. They but made no, one not until later. Yeah, yeah. they made one way series later. Two. Yeah, the series two, like the yeah, early yeah. to mid nineties. Yeah, they had the crappy Krang. He was a launch action figure, but he had like the little <laughs> robot body. I know because I had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just would chew a lot of gum, and I would like put it inside the torso of a Ken doll. <laughs> uh, that's a crack. That's it. That's crack. That yeah. would work. I was a poor kid. That's innovative. Marty built his toys built out of his toys. food. Yeah. Did you did you scoop out like Ken's stomach? <laughs> that's why my first calling was a surgeon. This is a weird intro. To be honest, you disemboweled the Ken doll. He, he already is lacking a penis, sure, and you've deprived him now of digestive. Yeah. Capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> he I, can't. I, he can't pee. No. Or at least. All right. Well, he can't have sex. No. For sure. <laughs> sure. And now he also can't digest his food. No. But can he love? I think he can still love. <laughs> still love. He can absolutely still love. That's he's a toy. Do. No, he can't. He's he not a real thing. You've seen Toy Story. Toy Story. <laughs> Come on. The movies are all about love. Uh, what are we again? Oh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, crazy guy number one is Marty Sleeve. Hey, guys. Hey, Wisconsin winters are full yeah. of snow and ice, and you can't go outside, so you have to carve <laughs> out. And that's why, like, horrible serial killers come from Wisconsin. <laughs> you have, like, Ed Gein, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Over there, the, the quiet one is Sean Finnegan. Hello. <laughs> There's a reason everyone likes you, because, uh, you know. Yeah. You just pick your spots like that and you guy know what to say. Talk much. Yeah, you got to weigh in where you think that you can be valuable and yeah. sit back everywhere else. Each one of your words is worth a lot more. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I have diarrhea of the mouth. As opposed to you know your yeah. your little uh, little filet mignon cubes come out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Destin Legary, fresh off a, a raid run in Destiny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did the first majority of it actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm you didn't to, die once. I didn't I'm hear to you swear at all. Until the last sec. Well, I was trying to be quiet because people are trying to work around me. But then everybody's tweeting like, Justin's playing Destiny. <laughs> we can hear you, uh, Commander yeah. Legary over there. Yeah. Nope, Resmi. Nope, nope, wait, wait. You go here. Yeah. You go- I was yeah. thinking, oh, we should just film you. And that's an IGN <laughs> yeah. video. Well, uh, the guys in the in the raid, they were like, Destin, you just lead. Um, whatever. We don't care. Lead us. So I was like, all right. Yeah. Two people over there, two people center, two now, people Now, did left. you recruit, uh, were these, are these just friends of yours? Are these podcast on, are these fans? Are they? Uh, I think they're fans. They knew about Unlocked. <laughs> I, so glanced, I, said. I glanced over and everyone on your uh, fire team list were tagged IGN. So that's I because I, that's were... because before we started, I said, hey, do you want to get the stupid trophy where you complete the raid and you're all in the same clan? Oh, nice. So I added them all to the IGN clan. Speaking of which, you got to re-add me to the Xbox clan. 
Really? Side note, yeah. Also, okay. you just said the word trophy on an Xbox podcast. <laughs> what Ooh, the death trophy achievement. <laughs> yeah, I decided to play on PlayStation 4, but it seems like all the hardcore players, at least in the office, are on Xbox. You're so damn I'm, right, yeah. son. <laughs> so I'm just so, so I'm kind of like, great. Me and Alfredo so, are over here like, hey, let's all go raid. And everyone's like, oh, are you on PS4? We're like, no. <laughs> And Greg's yeah. like, let's play with Portillo on PS4. <laughs> I don't know what Greg's talking about. He's still like level 14, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am 26. Wow. 26. Yeah. Ready, were, for, ready for, for that rain for like. I came days. back and I was 23 and today I'm 26. Because all he does is his, play his, say, his, uh, <laughs> He no longer I'm, has a girlfriend. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> She's left him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, what's happening? Oh, happy belated birthday to me. <clears throat> Oh, Happy birthday, right? When it's on a weekend, you don't get to make a big deal about it at no. work. Mine was during the week here, and I didn't make a big deal out of it. Oh, Mr. Cool. You just had that family-sized <laughs> lasagna. Yep. Happy birthday to me. That's what Eat. I did. When my birthday's <laughs> on a weekend, I go to a bunch of stores, and I say it to the to the employees. I'm nice. Like, I go to Home Depot. I'm it's like, my birthday. I'm like, hey, do I get any free, free plywood? <laughs> yeah, do I get any free plywood no, for I, my birthday? It's funny. I actually don't really care you anymore. I think the older you get, the less you care. It's... I think, you know, 30 is a big one, and I guess 40 probably will be too, but, yeah, like, mid-30s. I hope I'm dead yeah. by the time I'm 40. Whoa. Wow, that's dark. That's a prophecy. <laughs> Let's... Getting old, man. Oh, scary. You realize me. people like Brad Pitt over 40? Yeah, Clooney's but I'm not over that 40. good looking. If I had that job, I'd be okay with being 40, but no. Maybe you are then. a strapping young gentleman. I have Why, been on the streets you. of uh, other cities when we travel on IGN trips, and... You have uh, nothing to complain about in life. I see. I see what the ladies are. Uh, you got to flag up. me down when this is happening. Because <laughs> I would go talk to him. That I just ignore that. I'm not aware of this. Well, there's your problem. You're too oblivious. Well, you know, I'm usually engaged. Playing a cool hot shot. Really interesting conversations that are happening <laughs> Don't do as that. we walk down the street. <laughs> no. Hey, I feel like I'm getting kind of sick. You're blowing. Let's it. go get some orange juice. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Me and Destin got sick at PAX, and so yeah. we all oh. drank like We almost did, juice. but his mom saved the day. My mom is a doctor. Moms Everyone do makes that. fun of me because when I say I never <laughs> okay. get sick. So out of context, you're like, I didn't know what to do, so I called my mom. And it's like... <laughs> Everyone just thinks I like, call my mom because, like, I don't know. You I have your some mommy. compulsion to call my mom. Yeah, <laughs> but call no, my mom, mom is a doctor. Son. Yeah, it's, mom it's, is a doctor. It's okay to call <laughs> your mom. I love getting medical advice from her yeah. because it saves me a trip to the doctor, and I rarely get sick. Yeah. So Every, that is the context behind it. My mom's a nurse, and when I call her if I'm not feeling well, she's like, when was the last time you drank water? And I'm like, I don't know, three days ago. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, start there. Problem number one. <laughs> no more PBR. Drink yeah. some water. I hear that you're at a bar. Leave there. <laughs> Go home. Yeah. Get some sleep. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Destin, you're talking about the raid in Destiny. I got to say, I'm disappointed because I've come to the sad realization as much as I try to brainwash myself otherwise i don't think i'm ever gonna pl- get to play the full raid because it's already and believe me i'm not complaining when i say this this mm-hmm. is life is good things are good but the the reality is I've, i'm reviewing one of the major october games right mm-hmm. now plus uh just you know when you have a three-year-old you don't get a lot of you know that that occupies a lot of time also yeah. not complaining <laughs> but uh and then between and then just super busy at work uh, you know, not mm-hmm. that I play games for fun at work yeah. often mm-hmm. anyway, but you know, and there's I want to play, I want to mess around with Forza Horizon Two a little bit, um, which I which is out what next week, next mm-hmm. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, D4, D4 is another one where yeah. like, I'd like to play that. I want to play it just because everyone says it's so weird. Super weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm really digging it. And yeah. Shadows of Mordor, I haven't, yeah. mm-hmm. I haven't touched. Like, I'd really like to play that. What I played at E3 was good. And so I've realized, well, I'm definitely I'm going to make time for Destiny. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But You need a and, lot of time to do the raid. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, so it, I'm told it's 15 to 20 hours for just the main campaign. You know, get to level 20, yeah. finish the story part. Which I definitely want to do, but then it's like it's a. It sounds like it's about another twenty hours just to get just to grind from twenty to twenty six, just yeah. to even be ready yeah. to go on the raid. And it I really know, is. I and just it, know I don't have that kind of time. And, and it, it can be longer if you are not lucky. Like yeah. I know Alfredo mm-hmm. got like he got stuck at twenty four, just farming, farming, farming because you can't. <coughs> it's all it's all based on legendary engram drops, which yeah. are very mm-hmm. low. And you have a chance to get a legendary out of a blue engram, which are much more frequent, but you still have it's a low chance. So mm-hmm. you have to farm a lot to get up there. So with those engrams, I think you need to decrypt a bunch of them and be a higher level, and that increases your likelihood of actually getting the stuff that you want. Yeah, which is actually something that someone told me after I had hit level twenty, but you should mm-hmm. save all of your engrams for when you hit twenty. And then decrypt okay. them all at once. Good tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, by all accounts, the raid is the best part of the game. It's it's our you know it's one of the best pieces of it. And I know I'm never gonna get to see that part. I'm never gonna get to play that part. I think never, the never little... say never, Ryan. Well, so, we'll get you there. And, and you know, and I don't blame Bungie for designing it that way. But it is a shame that what percentage of players? I'll be curious to know because Bungie tracks everything. I don't know if they'd ever. They tend to only release the stats that make the game look good. Which mm-hmm. hey, I get that. What percentage of players will ever even play the raid? I mean, we'll even get yeah. to 26 the and play thing the raid. Like the low percentage of players who started and then finished Portal One, right? Like that percent is a three-hour game. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, of course that actually has puzzles and requires yeah. you to think. <laughs> yeah, uh, this uh, is more of a shoot. Just wait, are you yeah. saying that the percentage was low for it that? It was incredibly low. Which oh, you wow. would think everyone who starts yeah. Portal finishes it. I no. finished that game in one sitting. Of yeah. course, mm-hmm. you would yeah. Say, yeah, it's something like the percent is something like five to ten percent. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Imagined it be a lot higher i don't know if i mean maybe a lower level raid would go against the entire point of a raid but it just maybe that's they maybe the bungie would say well that's what a strike is but yeah. it was kind of not yeah. but i have a feeling that uh it just makes me sad that i'm probably never going to get to play the best like this best yeah. part of the I mean, game i have a feeling that throughout destiny's life a lot of things are going to be tweaked and uh the <clears throat> the grind from 20 to 26 might become much easier yeah I, I don't so. think they're going to make it easier. I well, think there's a few drops that need to be improved. Like, just engrams in general need to be either explained or improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, loot drops need to be fixed. I understand. But, uh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I understand Bungie's philosophy behind it. Like, if yeah. you, I'm coming from World of Warcraft, which I played many, many days of, not just sure. hours, days. Um, the philosophy of having a high-end raid engages those <clears throat> players who are willing to do that content more so than other players. Mm-hmm. So it's kind yeah. of specifically designed for them. I lament the fact that a lot of players probably won't get to that point either. But like I, like you said, I think that as the game evolves, you're probably going to see a lot more opportunities to do similar type content mm-hmm. for lower level players. Like you'll yep. probably see, like in World of Warcraft, they introduce raids, and then once people complain that you know we can never get to the point where we can raid with these high hardcore leveled players. Yeah. They introduced, well, no, those raids are just called heroic raids, and there's regular raids, which are essentially the same thing, except of a lesser difficulty. That sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah. great like, to essentially me. Essentially tiered raids. They yeah. do that for strikes, but yeah. I feel like the raid is like a special reward for high-level players. And, and I get I, that. I don't think they're going to l- reduce the difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, it's, I don't blame anyone, I'm not upset, it's just like, it just kind of saddens me that between, you know, life busyness and all yeah. the games out... 
not that you know again not that destiny isn't a priority but it's like i just i can't do 40 hours of destiny mm-hmm. with all these other great yeah. games i need that i both need to play professionally and just really want to play sure. too i feel like i've played way more than 40 hours honestly uh, well I feel you're like gonna I've look it more up. than that too yeah, I'm not so sure though. Only, impro- only yeah. reinforces my <laughs> sorry, Ryan. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so very low. But um, <laughs> Destiny made our uh, our inaugural top 25 Xbox One games Woo! list, which will will come back at once a year, which we do, which we've been doing with the PS3, 360, PC lists. Um, so do check that out if you haven't seen it on IG. And I know we normally do plugs at the end of the show, but mm-hmm. we worked long and hard on that one, and uh, it was an interesting debate. Yeah, for, definitely. Because you know the first year of Xbox One has been a very interesting one. It's uh, you know not nothing, no killer apps. I mean, as much as I like the system and enjoy sure. the system, there's there isn't a clear cut number one. So the debate about number one was was an interesting one, and <laughs> uh, I'm sure many of you will be curious to see where Destiny falls on that list. And and just to head it off, a lot of people will be like, well, what about Forza? What about D4? We had a cutoff. Yeah, and it was basically about. A week after Destiny, we had to just be like, okay, we because we have to yeah. get this list done. Yeah, and all the lists went up in the month of September, I yeah. believe. And also, like, yeah, I get it. But then after that stuff, you could be like, well, why not wait till January and February? What about Witcher? What about that? Like, what about Dying Light? Yeah, it like, just top, never ends. Top yeah, you gotta yeah, fourteen <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Pick a pick a line in the sand and draw it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so check that out. And then uh, finally, want to plug uh, the the highlight of this week's show. Besides our inane rambling about Wisconsin serial killers and <laughs> defiling a Ken doll. I think that's a low light, actually. <laughs> that's the, the, wrong, the wrong angle light. Uh, as part of our ongoing Call of Duty Advanced Warfare coverage this month, part of IGN First, Michael Condry, the studio head of Sledgehammer Games, the co-studio head, along with Glenn Schofield. They're the, they're the dead space guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're making they're the new guys on the Call of Duty block. They're making the first real next-gen version which is, of course, out in November, and Michael Condry sat in this very room with me a couple days ago. We chatted for 40 minutes. It's, uh, I'll warn you in advance, there's no game content in it. It's not about, we don't reveal any features or anything. We've got plenty of that stuff on the site, but he has a really fascinating story of how he got to where he is. Yeah. So if you want to, if you kind of wonder, if you want to be in the games industry, you uh, you, you wonder how you, how it's possible, how it's done, Michael Condry has a fascinating story, which we'll get That's into awesome. later on in the show. To to it. And for now, gentlemen, let's take care of the few uh, choice news items for the week. Yeah. We'll be right back. IGN's number one Xbox podcast, the podcast on Love presents the News Unlocked! All right. Settle down, Destin, between the <laughs> breaks Destin off the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching the video, he uh, knocked the camera over. <laughs> Just... Pulled That's out a knife, threatened us. <laughs> I, well, I ain't going I, anywhere. I actually have a small. Ble- I'm yeah. slowly bleeding out yeah. over the course well, of we, the show. We tranked him. We calmed him down. <laughs> Thirty. Yeah. I found out it's only 32 hours of destiny. 32 hours, <laughs> according to the That's, app. That's it. Yeah. According to the app. Oh, in any case, which is wrong. But probably. you've had 32 fun hours. I like the game time. a lot. Yeah. Even though uh, it's you a know who's seven, eight. not having a good time to Ooh. channel a Destin segue. <laughs> Manuel Noriega. That's right. <laughs> that I guy. Mean, there are many reasons why yeah. he's not having a good time. <laughs> he had a couple decades of a great time, though. <laughs> That's <so>. true. <laughs> That's true. Marty, tell us what Mr. Noriega is up to these days. Uh, Noriega, who was uh, featured heavily in uh, the Call of Duty Black Ops 2 campaign. Uh, I will wa- kill you until you die from it. <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> 
he wants to sue Activision for uh, uh, for them portraying <laughs> him in the game without his uh, consent. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Noriega was an ex uh, Panamanian dictator, sort of not a not a quality human awful, being, awful dude. Not a quality yeah, human yeah, being, a dictator slash drug lord. Careful, we might get sued, Marty. Oh God, what is he gonna do? Um, we got Destin here. Kill we us. got kill us all. <laughs> we got the old fire trap Destin Laguerre here. Um, but yeah, but luckily. To video games defense, former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani himself. Did not expect former him. Former one-time presidential candidate. Presidential for, candidate. For and also, minutes. he was the guy who like wanted to clean up. Oh, he did help clean yeah, up New York of like a lot of the strip clubs. Well, he and, took like, all the homeless theaters. people and moved them somewhere yeah. else, and Hoboken. no one knows where they are. They're all in Hoboken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Giuliani actually has a, he has a yeah, really read, good quote. Read, read this. This I is love great. this quote. These yeah. are fighting words. Uh, it's, uh, quote, what's astonishing is that Manuel Noriega, notorious dictator who's in prison for the heinous crimes he committed. Also, you're in prison and you can still sue people? How does yeah. that work? Uh, is upset at being portrayed as a criminal and an enemy of the state in the game Call of Duty. Quite simply, it's absurd. I'm not interested in giving handouts to, uh, to a convicted murderer and drug smuggler like Noriega who's demanding money from Activision and his popular Call of Duty franchise for simply exercising its right of free speech. Noriega's attacks on the rights of Call of Duty come as no surprise considering he's a lawless tyrant who trampled over the rights of his own people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right, really <laughs> honey. And then he dropped the mic. I don't know what he was saying this in, but he dropped the mic. Yeah. yeah. I'm Henry Doyle for the Onion Radio News. <laughs> yeah. This is a real story. It's, it's, it's actually surreal. happening. I love it. Yeah. Um, so this is laughable. Yeah. And I don't even know. I mean, this will get thrown out in yeah, two seconds. Yeah, this will get laughed out of court. Yeah. How crazy... So, lawyers will still make money off of this. Sure, which is which is astonishing. This is the same thing. What a couple of weeks ago with uh, Lindsay Lohan and and her likeness in uh, GTA Five. Right, it's a little more mm. than a couple of weeks ago. Was it? A little bit, Marty. All right. I know you were. Uh, you've been in foreign countries. <laughs> been in foreign countries. And time, yeah, gets skewed. Yeah. But I so I want to talk about this free speech thing, though. It is free speech for Activision to portray people the way they want, right? But is fair it use also public figure. Oh, okay, so that's what I journalism to, school. That's what yeah. I want. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say. Is I am no journalism major, but like, at what point do you draw the line where you can or cannot talk about someone's actual life in terms of like writing? Doesn't it become like so? For instance, uh, God, there was a the the Thin Blue Line that documentary that yeah. uh, about this murderer who was I don't know tried from Wisconsin. For, yeah, <laughs> <Probably>. must have been. <laughs> Uh, he was tried and convicted for murder back in the day, and then uh, Earl Morris made a documentary about it. The documentary was so successful, it actually overturned the verdict and got the guy out of prison. And as thanks, the guy sued Earl Morris for taking his story. <laughs> so USA! Yeah. USA! Uh, I guess my question is, like, doesn't, doesn't Manuel Noriega have some case for defense here? If it was unconsent? I mean, it's mostly... Well, it's the same thing where, like, out of curiosity. I mean, people make movies about, like, someone made a movie about Hitler. Well, Hitler's not alive, so I don't think he can actually sue. His family. Or, yeah. I mean, well, the and Hitler that, that, state that, could sue. That yeah. actually was discussed in this, is that if this were, if this is if this gets permitted to proceed and were to actually go this anywhere. up an entire can Exactly. Of yeah. Yeah. Pandora's box of, yeah. uh, of, you know, famous people and their heirs, you know, public figures and their heirs, uh, Having yeah all new revenue streams yeah and it's a little bit different because like the GTA can get away with it because it's satire mm-hmm. like legally you're fine uh, mm-hmm. whereas this is a little bit different but yeah, they get sued all the time though I'm sure yeah, yeah it never goes is, anywhere yeah yeah but, like there's no doubt that it's a cash grab and it'll get laughed out of court but I did wonder where that line was drawn since I wasn't 
Yeah, when you're a public figure, it. it's uh, the rules change a bit. Your Who's life's pretty much open to interpretation. God, Black Ops 2, at the end of it, you're on the USS Obama, JFK. which is the... <laughs> you're on the USS Obama, which is a battleship, because it takes place in the future. Correct. And you run into... Hillary oh, that's, Clinton? Wait, which... which, which uh, Black Ops 2. Oh, Black Ops 2. Sorry, I'm thinking of Black Ops 1. Sorry, And you're on, and you run into President Hillary Clinton, I want to say? I don't I think no, so. no, no, no. It's... The president in the game is a is a female president who looks a lot like Hillary, okay. but isn't Hillary? I don't know. Mm. I can't remember. But I haven't played. No, there, there is a there is an actual general mm-hmm. in Black Ops Two who agreed to be in the game. Oh, I forget. Okay. I forget yeah, the, which yeah. dude it was. The guy's name. But yeah, it's a whole whole hmm. uh, mess. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Just anybody? I, I don't. I don't think Mr. Noriega has much of a chance. No. But. I think he's good. Well, yeah. I mean, he's already in jail, so. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy jails. He's going to sue them for 100 jail bucks. 100 cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> or one get out of jail. Ah, worth, that's worth infinite cigarettes. <laughs> Not true. Speaking of going to jail, that happens in Grand Theft Auto sometimes. Grand Theft Auto Five is getting a new first-person mode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Marty set me up before, but then it kept going, and I'm like, well. When did I say? <laughs> Save oh, it for the GTA one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Grand Theft Auto is getting some updates, some very yeah. exciting updates. Actually, uh, this actually makes see. I I love uh, first person immersion in, in games. You know, anytime I can, like you know, Oblivion, Skyrim, I would never play in the third person camera because yeah. I just feel like my character is in that big, gorgeous open world. So apparently, they're adding, uh, they're going to add a first person mode to the new, Grand the Theft new Auto. gen and PC versions mm-hmm. of GTA Five. There was an update posted to the Rockstar website, which was quickly pulled, but somebody, of course, managed to cache it. Mm. And some of the improvements, so we've got uh, increased draw distance, finer texture details, denser traffic, all good stuff there. Uh, somebody modded GTA 4 to have first-person mode, so maybe they're like, hey, that doesn't look so bad. Yeah, Let's probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as it's, it'll be all about how the controls are. Yeah. Because um, yeah. you can't... If it's just regular GTA controls, they probably need a little bit of yeah, an adjustment. Yeah, there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of strafing going on. And, and Yeah. But uh, let's see. Video editor designed for advanced movie making. Yeah, brand That's new f- exciting. Brand new first-person mode for vehicles that shows the interior of the vehicle, including working speedometers, tachometers, dash lights, and more. I, only See, Rockstar, again, we've, we talked about it a year ago. Yeah. They have, when they have, they have infinite money and supreme talent, they can do that stuff. Yeah. Like no can you imagine one else being would... on the speedometer and tachometer team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are those tacks coming? Yeah. Good. They're pre- oh, they're, yeah. they're pretty good. I need another two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're fine. fine. You're fine. No problem. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some new new gameplay, uh, jobs and stories. Little, uh, little, little uh, the new Easter eggs bits. are exciting. Yeah. Where's that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just a wealth of. They're not detailed. Wealth of Easter eggs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, character select screen. New animals running cats. Los Santos. Cats. Yeah, we know there's cats. Confirmed. Cats confirmed. What kind of other cats? What do you think? Probably like lynxes? Jungle cats? Probably dogs, too. Jaguars? There already were dogs. Opossums? There was at least one dog. Do you think they'll dog? update the uh, GTA companion app to have a little cat? <coughs> cat there game? already is a companion app. Oh, you no, mean updated. like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay with me, Destin. <laughs> well, there's Stay all with those. Me. There's you can play with Chop and like teach him tricks and stuff using the computer. Yeah, but now yes. you can play with Chap, the dog. Wait, the cat. Crap. Do you, do you think like Michael's gonna have named after a cat? Charlie Chaplin? He's yeah. got a little Hitler mustache. Ooh. Speaking of Hitler, yeah, bringing it back. 
That's that's multiple two. Hitler references in that's one show two for the worst human being alive count. Well, not alive. Multiple. Why do I keep saying he's alive? Do I know something everyone doesn't? Are you keeping Hitler alive in I your don't basement? Think so I don't have a basement. We don't have those in San Francisco. Um, I'm excited for this. I put very little slash no time into uh, current or old gen uh, GTA Five. So. Were you holding out? Or are you part of it was holding out? Part of it was it came out at a uh, super busy time for me I last year, and then fall hit, and then. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't play it in spring. I think eventually I was just like, well, it's going to come. I have these new consoles. I might as well right. just wait. Yeah. There you, you go. And, and patience sort of, is rewarded. Uh, when I was, God, what game was I talking about this recently? I think it's about Smash Bros, how it's coming out on 3DS. And I'm like, I know I'm going to put a finite amount of time into this game, whether it's 20 hours, 30 hours. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait until the Wii U version because that's where I want to put that time. Correct. And I think that's sort of where I was here. I was like, I'm not going to play this game twice. I'm going to play it once and... Might as well just wait until, you know, I could play it on Xbox One or PS4. Uh, I'm excited for the PC version only because mods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you've I know, yeah, yeah you've done a lot of uh, mod coverage with GTA 4. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, remember yeah. how I did it. Like, I just <laughs> sat there for a week and I figured it out. Then I made a few video features mm-hmm. like like I'm doing with Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the butt to do on 4. Uh, it's gotten a little bit easier with uh, Open 4. I think it's called, and but yeah. I bet and then, it's called yeah, then the, other, the other, the uh, other big one that is thir- which they have announced thirty players in GT Online, mm-hmm. so it can get cray, thirty cray, people cray. griefing you all at once. <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. Like for the first week, it would just be like people murdering you, and then that got old, and people would actually like help you out, and like yeah. you could do stuff together. I think it, it, I want to let's set up a video where we line up twenty nine people in a row, and then just take super fast car or like a semi truck and just barrel all through over. all 29 I think servers are like random though so I don't know if we could get 29 people willing to line up and then get run over <laughs> I think what if we surprised. offer bitcoins yeah, yeah maybe uh, uh, two bitcoins well, it, for anyone who it would be up. hard to get on the same server regardless isn't that a lot like, of it's not about don't know. people yeah, don't letting know. us I, no one knows that. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's the point that's the idea uh, watchdogs <clears throat> woof woof <clears throat> Marty uh, you've New you DLC followed this too. game, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this, because uh, one of the things I've said with Watch Dogs, also sort of how I feel about Destiny, and also Titanfall, <laughs> uh, are that uh, much like uh, the games last gen, stuff like sort of uh, Uncharted 1, Assassin's Creed 1, I thought those games laid a really cool foundation, and then their sequels really sort of yeah. took that promising idea and really expanded we, upon We it. talked about mm. that last week with Destiny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, according to Ubisoft Montreal's VP of Creative, uh, Watch Dogs sequel will have radical changes, quote, unquote, um, which I think is great. I think that's what, I, th- I think the, the foundation in Watch Dogs is absolutely there. The, the world, the story, uh, the mechanics, everything is there for something that's incredible. I think, as of right now, it's sort of good to great. Yeah. Uh, but I think with uh, learning from your mistakes and then sort of really uh, going, you know, full in on the on new hardware, I think it's going to be incredible and, for the eventual. Sequel. And credit to you. I mean, Ubisoft has a long history of this. For you know, that they're willing to to take creative risks and mm-hmm. change things as yeah. opposed to this this game has sold like 8 million copies yeah. so far they could have just been like well we better we better stay within the lines we've drawn yeah, here yeah. and not you know not uh, stray too far but you know and sometimes it pays off and sometimes like you know splinter cell conviction people kind of go what yeah <laughs> what yeah, did you do exactly. yeah but yeah credit to them for for just uh Letting their creators do their thing. Yeah, I have no so, doubt that at some point throughout this generation we'll get a Watch Dogs game that's 
phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. little doubt. Yeah. And finally, this week, not not a lot of big news happening. No. Rocksmith. Yeah. For those of you looking to learn the guitar, I'm not. I'm <laughs> so not. No. Um, I got too old. I think I got too old to learn the guitar. I think I'm in the same boat. I don't know if there's like an I, age. I missed my. I don't think you guys are too old. I think. Think about it like this: you pick up the guitar now, and maybe not in two years, but in twenty years, you'll be. I'm Jimmy Page. <laughs> I feel like complete at the same age too. Yeah. I feel like the. If you are no longer living in a dormitory, then you you've lost. You you've have to lost upgrade your, to a piano. Yeah, you have to upgrade to a piano or a guitar. A harp. Or a harp. Yeah, I feel like those of you listening, if you were in middle school or high school, I recommend learning the guitar for dormitories. Or just any <laughs> instrument, really. Yeah. Because no. yeah, you've got, you've got free time. Not the tuba. Take advantage though. of Don't it. Don't play the tuba. Become a... Yeah. Tuba's not going to impress anyone in the dormitory. No. Well, any of the any of the brass instruments, really. You can't be playing that instead. Well... What about saxophone? That's a woodwind. Uh, trumpet's kind of cool. Trumpet's super cool. Essence is drawing. Trumpet's there. cool if you're That's like Japanese. Miles Davis. So you're talking about learning stuff. I've been trying to learn to write Japanese, and it made me think of that when you brought it. Oh. Learning guitar. He wrote. You're never appreciate your participation in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to talk. Was I was waiting was to talk. Yeah. Um, wait. So we didn't actually get to the news. Rocksmith. Yeah. Rock, Rocksmith yeah. is coming to Xbox One and yeah. PS4. Can't which wait. is good because um, it's just all it is is a USB dongle that so you know these consoles have USB and you plug any guitar in via this yeah. dongle I like saying the word dongle yep, that's <laughs> a dongle. lot of donging so many dongles it's a hilarious word Dong- but yeah it, you know when this, I remember when this was coming out it was after the <clears throat> the music genre had already died mm-hmm. yeah. and I thought oh and it's like oh real guitar I'm like this is gonna tank yeah. badly boy was I wrong yeah. it's a really good series that does a great job of helping you learn to play guitar and having a bunch of cool songs to play in it. Yeah. But I can't play it because it <clears throat> uses a real guitar. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I know, literally, contrary to everything I just said, I know numerous people who are not ignorant doofuses like me and who actually picked up this game <clears throat> Absolutely. and made progress with yeah. it. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I like that video games can teach you something in the real world other than murdering <laughs> Noriega's. Although a lot of people probably learned who Noriega was because of Black Ops That's, 2. So. That I just learned who he was because of that Boom. story. Yeah. Done. Don't say Unlock never taught you anything. It never taught me never, anything. Literally never taught <laughs> me anything. No. I can say that, yeah. actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sean Finnegan, you've been quiet. You're always you know, waiting for that time to strike. You're like a, you're like a cobra snake. Yeah. You're like a puma snake. In the grass. Speaking of waiting to strike, I legit <laughs> had this thought the other day. And it's not Where's really my own thought. Tim Geddes yeah. and other people, mainly Tim Geddes and that whole crew of people, Alfredo and stuff, have been telling me that I should change my on-screen name to Shark Finnegan. Like, Get it? That would be like... Oh, I'm on 100% on board with that. <laughs> now, I always thought that that was a terrible idea. It sounds stupid. But then the other day, I, for a brief moment, was like, wait, is this a great idea? And then, Why when we're playing pack? Destiny together... Shark Finn. When we're playing Destiny uh, together naked. and I double jump over you, I can say I jumped the shark fin again. <laughs> Done. Oh, love Done. it. Done. Uh, there's, I don't know. There's a bunch of random reasons for it. It's a more interesting like screen name. Not like for gaming, but I mean like on screen. Sure. Like for a uh-huh. film credit or something yeah. like that. Well, Plus, name is shark fin again. Are you shooting shit. porn? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you don't have enough tattoos. Uh, yeah. You don't have a handlebar. Mu- you don't have oh, a mustache. I can change that. <laughs> shark fin again has a mustache. <laughs> uh, Shark Finnegan has a uh, big scar on his arm from a bar fight. How about the eye scar? That's he has the eye scar. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Shark Finnegan cried during the Notebook. So I'm not sure. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it's a good you idea. You should see the other guy. No, oh my gosh! I didn't realize Shark Finnegan was Australian. 
<laughs> so much, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it. I just... Uh, <laughs> I love the idea that you are legitimately sort of contemplating it. Well, all, all these creative, cool people have decision, really interesting Marty. names, and I have a pretty... I love my name. It's very Irish. It doesn't yeah. fit me, and it's not very... Maybe not as memorable as I would want it to be. You're so not I pale enough, Sean Finnegan, to yeah, be Irish. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can't go a little back, too tight. But you won't be able to go back to the old country if you change your name to Shark Finnegan. <laughs> yeah, because I've been there so often You'll go now. to the Emerald Isle, <laughs> and they'll just tell you I have to go away. People, I tell, when I went to Ireland before and told people my name was Sean Finnegan, they didn't believe me. Yeah. When they threw a potato at you. Yeah. They were like, get <laughs> out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So, anyway, Sean Finnegan. <laughs> yeah. Shark Finnegan. Sorry, I'm going to correct myself oh, immediately. Uh, what can we spend our money on this week? So, uh, retail, we have FIFA 15 on Xbox One and Xbox 360. This is the brand new... People like that thing. People there. People like that the their football. FIFA. Yeah, kickball simulator. Yeah. yeah. You could change your name in the game to Shark Finnegan. Yeah. Overall rating 99. <laughs> I would have loved if everyone was like, nope, I'm not taking the next sentence. <laughs> We're no, done. No, no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, uh, no, we'll get to that. Yeah, and then on uh, Xbox Live Arcade, we have D4, which is, I never remember what this is. Dark, dark, dark Dreams, dreams don't, die. don't Die. I believe yeah. Dark Dreams yeah. Don't Die. Episodic. Which is a really Oh, it has a sub Have you played name? through it yet, Marty? Yeah, it's not just called D4. Oh, I right. mean, it is called D4, but yeah. it stands for something, which is Dark, dark Dreams Should we play it with Connect or the controller? Do not play with do not play. Right. I mean, no, yeah, I'm just not. Nah. But uh, yeah, this this got me thinking. Uh, they, this was just completely out of nowhere. This all of a sudden, it, TGS was going, and Microsoft went, "Hey, D4's out." Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't Beyonce D4. You yeah. can't pull the Beyonce on yeah. this because yeah. it's if you people, you know, at this time of year, people make a budget. They make a plan. Like, okay, Destiny's coming out. I'm definitely going to buy that. Master Chief Collection. Definitely want to get that. GTA next. You can't, and you know, if they're if they're not thinking about D four, they're not going to suddenly be like, oh, D four, oh, cool, I'm going to buy that also. Yeah. Like, there's too many games and not enough money for also, most people. So numerous things to do that right in the middle of a show like TGS, where it's like, oh, and then here's new Metal Gear footage, and here's right. new Final Fantasy footage, yeah, and right. here's the new Dragon Quest game. And so this worries me. That, like, I Microsoft needs to announce announce a release date for Ori in the Blind mm -hmm. Forest tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> if they pull this with Ori, because that, you know, yeah. we've all played that game and we're all very, very high on yeah. it. It's mm -hmm. looking great. If they stealth release that thing, no one's going to buy I think, yeah. I actually think no one's going to buy D4 because, because of the way they've they've stealth released it and that makes yeah. me sad. Yeah, that's a super bummer. Uh, but there was a weird thing I saw on Gaff, uh, NeoGaff, the yeah. message board, uh, with Ori where someone was like, is this Ori's release date? Question mark Because there was a thread where someone was like, what game are you going to buy on and it was like November, whatever that November fifteenth or whatever that day in November, where like eighteenth, yeah, where like twenty games are coming out. Uh, well, eighteenth is days. Far Cry. The eighteenth is like the end. Okay. Others, uh, uh, I guess Halo and Assassins are on the eleventh. Maybe that. Was maybe the there's day. one or two other things yeah. on that day as well. But so, and it was like a thread, like, what are you gonna be playing that day? Yeah. And it was a bunch of people saying the things, and then like the head of like the creative director of Ori, uh, <laughs> just responded, "Ori in the Blind Forest." So I don't know if he was being like cheeky. Or if this was really like, yeah, you'll be able to play it that day. Huh. Well, so. I, I should hope it's out by November. I, I have a feeling if they stick to the 2014 guns, which they've been saying, I have a feeling it's going to be a, like an early December. You think so? I mean, they yeah. pulled that with uh, Max and the Curse of Bro yeah, Max, yeah. Max, the Curse of Brotherhood, and Halo Spartan yeah. Assault and last year. By being a downloadable game, you don't need like the Black Friday. Bump. That is true. Like no one's going to pick it up in stores. So that is true. If they sort of you know step away a little but, bit from the 
I still feel like they should announce the date yeah. immediately yeah. so that, yep. again, yep. people can plan for it and say, hey, that game, those IGN guys were lo- really high on it. What I've The videos I've watched on IGN mm-hmm. look really cool. I should make sure to save 15 or $20 yeah. for when that game comes out. Yeah. If they don't say anything about it and they just Beyonce that thing, no one's going to no buy it. Yeah. Not going to happen. And that's bad. Agreed. I like that we use the word Beyonce numerous times. You know why that works for Beyonce? It's because she's Beyonce. Exactly. Yeah. Like she can exactly. do that because her marketing title is just oh, Beyonce. So mm. you're saying that if Ori in the Blind Forest just was Ori. married to Jay Z? Oh, I was saying or had the one name or the, the one word Ori. Name. Yeah, yeah. Ori yeah, it It's the new album just from Ori. Work, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, we yep. also have. Uh, Flockers for Xbox One. Another stealth release. It's <laughs> Team 17, the Worms guys. Oh, there you go. And it looks interesting. I watched the trailer on uh, Major Nelson's site. Oh, uh, it's on sale, though, for eighteen yeah. seventy four. A weird, so like, debut save sale. Yeah. $7-ish. That's like Steam. I like this. Yeah, absolutely. This. Yeah. And Defense Grid 2 for Xbox One for $25. Nice. So that's what you can buy. How about anything we can download on the Marketplace? Marketplace, yes, there is. Uh, Forza Horizon 2 has its playable demo. Uh, Do check Xbox it out. One, which is cool. Games with gold for September. We have Super Time Force and Crimson Dragon still Woo! for Xbox One. And Halo Reach for 360, which we said last week, but it, Reach is awesome. Yeah. Ryan said it too. <laughs> Ryan's a huge Reach Let the record fan. show that Ryan <laughs> loves Halo Reach. It's a great free game. <laughs> great free game. Um, is multiplayer still working? Reach? I'm sure. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. The servers are up. It's got to. Okay. By the way, remember Forza Horizon 2 is still coming out for 360, even though Microsoft would, would nothing they've done would uh, lead you to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a 360, you haven't upgraded yet, you're still getting Forza Horizon 2. It just won't have 1080p and won't have Drivatars. It'll have traditional AI. Should be good, though. Yeah. Well, none of us here have seen, I don't think Microsoft has even shown the 360 version. No. They don't do that. They don't do that. Yeah. Cool. All right, uh, so coming up now, we'll take a little pause. We're going to chat. I'm going to chat with Michael Condry. I already did. It's in the past. It happened. Did we time travel? Like, Is this yeah. like the island unlost? Yeah, completely. We have to go back. I'm the, uh, we're going to head into the black smoke right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We got him. So, yeah, we'll chat with Michael Condry and then come right back with the unlock block trivia and then uh, get on out of here. And our special guest on Podcast Unlock this week is uh, a local man. You may have seen him in the news recently <laughs> because he's making a new little indie game startup thing you may, may may have heard of. It's called Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Studio head Michael Condry, good to have you here. Hey, thanks, Ryan. This is, this is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. You better buckle up for another next uh, half hour, 45 yeah, minutes or so. I have no idea so. what's coming, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. Well, I, normally I have a slew of questions written in advance, but I've actually already asked you a lot of uh Sort of the most, my most pointed questions back, you know, we talked uh, for earlier in the month in IGN first, and we that piece is up if you want to go check it out. I kind of, with you, uh, having sat down with you here and there, you have a very fascinating personal story of, with your career, and I thought it might be interesting to get into that because, you know, so many people listen to the show and they write into IGN and they tweet and they say, you know, how do I get into the industry? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I want to ma- maybe I want to either do what IGN does or I want to make a game or they have these people have these dreams and these these goals and aspirations. And uh, I think your story is a textbook case of it's a good story. It's it's you know, if you focus and you dedicate yourself of what what is possible, you have gone from a uh, low level grunt at EA <laughs> up to 
running the studio for what will be, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, one way or the other, it's probably going to be the biggest game of the year. So uh, take me back to, I know I've heard the story, but for the benefit of our audience, you know, you weren't even supposed to be in the video <laughs> game industry. I wasn't even supposed to be here, Ryan. No, it's true. Um, I don't know if fascinating is the word I'd use. I, I think so. But it's very kind of you Humor to say. Me. Yes. No, it's it's very, very kind. I, I think I'm just a very fortunate individual who happens to be part of an amazing team. Um, but yeah, it's true. I didn't, I didn't set out to be a game developer. Yeah. Um, and I was a gamer growing up, um, like you, you know, I can remember playing games throughout my life way back, you know, the Atari was invented when I was in that age and playing on the Apple IIe and man, you name it, the Texas Instruments TI-99, like the days, <laughs> Yes, right? calculator exactly, games. Exactly, exactly. So, it's been a long road from um, gamer to game developer, but yeah, I was uh, I was into um, academics, sports, gaming. So I was a pretty balanced kid. Yeah, and um, I ended up at the University of Washington. Uh, go Huskies! I'm a Husky alum, Pac-12, three and zero. That's right. <laughs> and uh, get the plug in. There I get the for plug the in. Honor. That's right. That, <laughs> Got to be proud. And. Um, then what did, what was I what was I doing then? I don't know. Gaming was part. I mean, I remember playing like we played Tecmo and there was just a ton of stuff going on yeah. in gaming, but not as a game development um sort of career. Got into um scuba diving as a dive instructor. Loved that. Um left the University of Washington to go pursue sort of my dream of um, being on a Caribbean beach, which I did. Um, I know, wandering that's story, crazy. right? That's nuts. I know. Um, so I was in pre-med um, at the University of Washington and then left, went down to Cayman Islands. So, a, all right, hold on. Start oh. right there. Pre-med, you're a bright guy. That means automatically <laughs> bright guy. Now, granted, maybe you could have failed out of pre-med and I wouldn't say it, but clearly pre-med, you got to be, got to have some brain in your head to even get in the program. What are your parents do, are, do they have dreams of of oh I, our son is going to be a doctor he's going <laughs> to he's going to have a, make an amazing living and he's going to you know be a well respected member of society yeah i think you know i have to give my parents credit they're they're amazing my mom and dad are both amazing and supportive my father um you know he was supportive of me choosing what was going to make me happy but yeah. he very much instilled the sense of of you know pursuing an academic degree yeah and so, you know, yeah, starting in pre-med, well, the first, you know, leaving the University of Washington before I got my degree to go become a beach bum, essentially, <laughs> caused some stress for him, no doubt. Um, and, you know, they, they were supportive, and I, you know, give them credit because, you know, after two years in the Cayman Islands, which, you know, was remarkable, I was 21, single, running boats and diving every day, it could have been intoxicating to the point of not returning, but... yeah. You know, I'd made a I'd made a pact with my dad that I would I would go back and finish my degree, and I did. Um, I I came back having. Do you just wait? Hold on. Do you just get bored of of uh, hooking up with you know <laughs> coeds that come down on spring break and what? Wh- how do you how do you, how do you consciously leave that life behind to go back to school? Yeah, I I boy, I got to give that up to my my parents somewhere deep in my brain. Um, they must have planted the right seeds because you're right. It was, it, it was hard to leave. It was a remarkable. Were you making any money down there as a beach bum, or did you just was it that you ran out of money and said, "All right, I better get back"? No, no, I was making plenty to live on. Not you know, I mean, obviously, you're not going to have a career as a as a dive instructor in the Caribbean. But at that time, 
21 in the sun all day long, like you say, um, <laughs> maybe meeting more people than you should. It was, um, <laughs> it was some times of sowing some wild oats, to say. Right. And, uh, you know... T- it, tune out, Mrs. Condry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so coming back was, you know, I actually came back thinking, okay, I've got to finish my degree, yeah. and then I'm going to go back and find a way to make that a career. So you really, uh, you really thought about your parents when you when you decided to go back. Was it was it was it really to? Yeah, was, I think, was it for them or for you? I'm just kind of curious from, but more of a person. I'm sorry if that's a personal question. No, no, not at all. It uh, it was for me. Good, um, but I had an obligation. Not an obligation. That's too strong of a word. But I'd made a sort of commitment. Yeah, and I think you know all these life decisions, probably like yours, were just sort of folk, folks in. The, sorry, forks in the road that led me to where I am today. So it actually, at the time, I, you know, I was there thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go back to get my degree, but I'm going to use the time in the Caribbean and and what I enjoyed to figure out how to make that a sustainable career. And so I left there moving out of pre-med, but using my time in the Caribbean and my love of that, thinking, okay, I'm going to move into um, natural sciences. I'm going to figure out how to do this as a career. And so it I wanted to become a research marine biologist. Okay, so back. now your parents are like, "All right, all right, we're back connect, on the right yeah, track. Yeah, we're on the right track here. We're gonna connect. No these more dots. doctor, but uh, you know, bioscientist sounds could, pretty good. Yeah, still could be a, a responsible uh, a son. <laughs> and uh, and so I came back and I sort of took a, a little bit of a right turn. By the way, I'm sitting here telling the story, thinking this has probably got to be the oddest podcast you guys have done like nobody but, tunes into call of duty to hear about my story but and marine biology we, do we've, we're doing call of duty all month long on this website this is uh again this you know it's a tale of if you just keep your head focused in the right direction which there is there is a light at the end of this at, at end of this rum fueled tunnel <laughs> that we're on that we're in right now this i just you know again i think your story is a fascinating one and it's at a i think it's it can be a bit of an inspirational one for listeners that that have, you know, game industry dreams. So please continue. Okay, well, thank you for that. Yeah, so I came back. I shifted into um, marine biology studies and uh, decided to get my graduate degree. Yeah. So um, did my senior thesis. That got published, and I was on to get my master's and then my PhD. Which means that so at that point, you've got, you've got a degree. Now you're going for... The that's PhD. Right. Yeah, so that's you're, right. you're pretty far in at this point. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, it, uh, you're right. I mean, academics then became my life again. Um, had a great time at the University of Washington finishing that up and decided to take that one step further. Again, in the pursuit of eventually making it back to the Caribbean, but this time more in a scientific sort as of... As a grown-up. As a, as a, <laughs> yes, exactly. As a grown-up, which didn't happen. I'm still not a grown-up, but I'm also not a scientist, so uh, 0 for 2 there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. But, uh, and then just coincidentally, I remember being at the University of Washington and in, in the school paper, um, Electronic Arts, which at that time had just opened up EA Seattle, yeah. had um, an opening for a, um, a production assistant, um, QA at the time, at the EA which Seattle studio. basically, for those that don't, don't know, QA quality assurance, you're a tester. Exactly. Absolutely. So this is the second time now my parents were challenged with the son <laughs> Oh, <who's>... no. <laughs> we had him on the right track. What's happening? Exactly. On his way to get his graduate degree and decides instead to become a game tester. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um, and so you know, it actually worked out. It was over the summer. And, yeah. um, you know, they, that studio had Need for Speed, which was a game I grew up loving. And so I, and I knew it was only a, you know, a summer gig. Sure. 
and uh, and so I took it. And um, thankfully, I remember I remember getting hired there, and and my boss, who's still now a friend of mine, he's gone on to do other things in the game industry. Um, He's, he told me afterwards, he's like, yeah, we couldn't figure you out. He said, either you were, the, you were the guy that was the most full of shit, right, or we scored with you because <laughs> nobody ever comes in with a portfolio of, you know, published senior work right. applying for this type of role. But I did it, and, uh, you know, I think they saw in me some, um, I don't know, some self-starting sort of, you know, willingness to learn and... And I think at that time I was, you know, I was just, I was filling a summer and I was curious and I was having fun with it. And yeah, you're, you're clearly, even already at this point in the story, you're clearly a driven guy. If you want to do something, it sounds like you're going to figure out a way to go do it. Yeah, I think so. I think it was part ambition and, and part academic training. You know, I got to give it up for the, for, you know, I was taught how to be sort of detail-oriented and think critically about challenges. And so from there, I remember at the end, I was, I was going to head back. At this time, I'd gotten accepted into the University of Florida, and um, at the time, they said, "Hey, look, we're we're experiencing a lot of growth in the studio. There's opportunities. Uh, we like you. You like us. You're good at what you're doing. Would you consider, you know, sticking around and making this, you know, school will always be there? Why don't you give this a little longer?" <laughs> oh, the siren, the the sirens call. Exactly. School school always be there, my God. And and true, it uh, it I guess that that worked, and and then I had an opportunity to move into the, the production side, which um, at that time again production assistant, very junior level, like the bottom, call it grunt right. work, whatever. Are you, you ta- are your parents having to be talked off a ledge at this point? <laughs> Probably. Or are, they, are they hanging in there? I, you know, at this point, I don't know if they just at this point they've they they chalked it up to another misadventure or or what. But um, bring your yeah. parents in here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and. And so I did, and I think that was that maybe might have been the most challenging then because the academic program I got accepted to was, you know, was pretty um, pretty hard to get into. Yeah. And uh, I remember there were there were friends of mine, who, even people close to me, who understood why I made the decision, but questioned it. Like, yeah. really, you finally got into your program that you wanted, <laughs> and you're going to stick around. And I did. And man, I got to tell you, I worked with some great people at EA. So well, so at this point, you decide, okay, I'm going to. What what's your what do you see as your goal or your end game in game development? You think okay, I join. I'm a QA tester for the summer, and then oh, it's kind of cool. Maybe I'll stick around. Where do you see what what is the? I mean, do you set the goal at that point? Man, I want to run my own studio someday, or or is it is it smaller scale than that? What's you know what's the what's the drive? What's the goal yeah. then? Yeah, it's a curious question. I think somewhere at that point in my career, I was still in the mindset that. Eventually, I'm going to find my way back to the Caribbean. Right. Right. In some form, whether it's research scientist or dive instructor, or maybe, I don't know, one day open a dive shop of my own. Like, I think I was still trying to... Call of Duty Caribbean Warfare coming in 2017. Confirmed right here. <laughs> exactly. No, but, it, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, when you're at that point of your, your life, you, you're still trying to hone exactly where your compass is yeah, pointed. absolutely. Right. And so I stuck it out and, and um, was having, you know, was enjoying it. I mean, look, it's a fascinating industry to work in, surrounded by amazing people. I mean, the most creative artists, all the way to the biggest brained engineers, um, you get to ex- interact with some of the most fascinating people around. And, and so I did that, and I had the chance to work on FIFA, and then the James Bond franchise was just starting up at Redwood Shores here in um, San Francisco Bay Area. And um, I decided to throw my hat into that ring. And then it was sort of 
off to the races from there. I mean, <laughs> I know, right? Sometimes I, I reflect. Are you sure this is still fascinating? No, yeah. So, all right. So what? But when you're all right, so when you're doing that, you start on the bonds. Like, what are you? What are you doing? What is your role within yeah. EA, and how is it either evolving or changing as you go? And and are those are those conscious decisions, or are those just like you're just sort of going where the game development wind takes you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, for for those people looking for a to map out my experience to try and follow it, I would encourage you not to because <laughs> I don't know that I mapped it out then and probably still have it now, but. You know, the production role is really a, a coordination role, right? It's a support and yeah. coordination role. And, and I think because I knew that I didn't have direct skills to the industry. like I didn't Artistic a, or programming. Right. Or a degree like you can get today. Um, you know, I took the philosophy that I just, I was going to work harder than anybody around me. And I was going to be, you know, sort of the most supportive of the of the team around me, right? So you become that guy that's like, the first guy in who's got the coffee on, the lights on, waiting for everyone, be helpful, you know, do whatever it takes to help the theme, make the team um, as productive as they possibly can be. Right. And through the course of doing that, learn what it takes to make great games. Now, I, I had the fortune of, of working around some really incredible mentors. And um, so I, I guess I was going to uh, sort of on-the-job University of Game Development training there, Right. I think the academic training set me up to understand and learn and learn process as well. And, and then, you know, the on-the-job sort of working with some of the most creative guys um, in Hollywood with the James Bond franchise mm-hmm. and in Electronic Arts with, with the game development studios there. You know, I just was able to kind of soak it all in. So we still have an answer. So w- what roles are you serving on these various projects? Are you sort of moving up from, you know... Uh, associate producer yeah. to on up like what's uh how does the career evolution yeah. go yeah so for me i started yeah at, at the very bottom of production assistant and that um at that point you you just do whatever you can to help the team or help your boss i went through the whole production sort of over a course of a number of years um from assistant producer to associate producer to then producer right and as you can imagine as you're growing through the production sort of job family you're taking on greater and greater responsibilities and ownership, sure. which was a lot of fun. Um, and then got to the point where I was running teams um, at Electronic Arts and elsewhere in the industry. It's called the development director sort of role. What's the first game that that happens on? It's the first game for you with under that title. Yeah, so I think for me, I, uh, the development director role, what would that have been? Somewhere in the Bond series where I made so the jump from production. Was it everything or night, nothing? Not, maybe? I say Nightfire's the one I remember really liking from that era. Yeah. Not not to speak ill of the others, but but yeah, Everything or Nothing I think was pretty well regarded as well. Everything or Nothing was a great game. I mean, I I did uh, I was able to contribute to all of them there. So my first one was The World's Not Enough on N64. Follow up to Goldeneye. <laughs> which, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Uh, right. Um, proud of that game. But yeah, it was Standing in the Shadows of Goldeneye, which is still to this day sort of a hallmark in, in first-person shooters yeah. at that time. Um, Everything or Nothing was a great one. We had an w- amazing team there. Um, they went on to do uh, Nightfire and then um, From Russia with Love. Um, so I don't know, somewhere between Agent Under Fire and Eon and Nightfire in that series that I'd just grown and taken on more responsibility to the point where by the time, I guess, somebody I convinced somebody I knew what I was doing... <laughs> Um, it's a charade I still like to play. Um, then you begin, then you run a team, right? Yeah. Um, and with you know your creative partner, and that's eventually what led me to um, partnering up with 
with Glenn Schofield. Um, we worked together on From Russia with Love, uh, okay. running that team, and then Dead Space, which you know, obviously um, was kind of a highlight. In well, so career. let's let's pause right there. So then, how do you how do you go from okay, you've been running teams with with EA? How do you how do you, <clears throat> did you which came first, the game Dead Space or the studio? Do you pitch, hey, I want my own. I want my own studio with Glenn, and then we're going to figure out something to make. Or do you go to them and say, "Hey, have you, Glenn, you and Glenn have a great idea for this thing. We need a team to do it." What's yeah. what's that process? Yeah, and again, you know, as I describe this, you know, this is just my personal journey, right? Like, sure. And you know, for all the amazing developers out there and producers out there, you know, I don't want to pretend like what I went through equals what they've gone through or will go through. Um, but I think uh, for me, you know, you you definitely have to. You have to commit um, and and work hard to make opportunities come come through for yourself. And so, like it, for me, it was just a matter of pushing myself really hard to, to commit everything I could to this industry. Because every time we did, you know, the team would develop something great, and there'd be something new on for the next step. And we knew we had a we had a really remarkable team on from Russia with Love, um, and I think Glenn, who is the most creative partner I've ever worked with. It has some fantastic sort of forward vision ideas, and he had this thought for for this game he wanted to create in Dead Space. We knew what team it would take to start it, right? And so I think pitching the the starting team and that concept to EA was um, both happened at the same time, right after From Russia with Love. There's a whole story there that um, I probably won't elaborate on too much here, but it was, you know, we fundamentally thought, hey, there's a different way to develop. Right, mm-hmm. that can get to the kind of quality that that fans deserve, and we wanted to try that on Dead Space. And so, we had a small, smart starting team. There were two of us, obviously Glenn and I, and um, and about a dozen others that said, "Hey, let us have a shot to introduce this new this new IP, Dead Space, to EA." It was a big risk, risk for us, yeah. risk for them. Yeah, that was, and that was at the time EA was uh, was willing. Well, they were not that they're not now, just but in that time they, you know, they had Mirror's Edge. In the in the back burner at that point, um, I think I feel like there's another one I'm missing, another big new IP. Uh, yeah, and, and and right before that, actually, the environment there wasn't really um, very open to new IPs. And, mm, and, and okay, in some cases, it was it was known as as you know, new IPs were kind of the hardest place to be at Electronic Arts. You're right. Shortly after Dead Space, there was um, Army of Two, and there That's was. It. Yeah, Mirror's Edge and a number of things came out. But I do, I think that there was, it was right at that transition. I don't know if it was directly related to Dead Space, but I like to think in some small part, we sort of pushed that sure. pushed that forward with this concept of, hey, their new IPs could be something attractive there. And so, and that was a great experience. And again, just, you know, it's an odd odd way for me to say it, but the production role, the you know, the roles I've played, it, it's really just about helping the the team reach its potential, right? Like it, it wasn't me. Like the team and the, the creative energy and the technical execution. Like I've just been fortunate to be around really amazing developers. So is it when it, when it's that point when you're at that point in your career? Uh, are you? Is it man? Is it effectively project management where you're allocating resources? Is it? I mean, how much of it's creative versus how much? Of, I'm just sort of curious. And I, I ask a lot of developers that come in here, what's your day to day life yeah. like? Because it's like. To the gamer, it's oh well, they it's a bunch of people sit at keyboards and then a game pops out like two <laughs> years later. But the day to day, I mean, so let's say uh, 
you know, I know you're you're more or less at the end of a, the project now, but you know, when a project is you've got your idea and you're moving, like what happens when you show up for work and then how does your day go? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's two common misconceptions, right? One, like you say, sometimes people say, "Oh, you you make games for a living. That must be fun. You sit around <laughs> and play games all day long." And it's not that. Um you do get to play, which is awesome. Um, but you the definitely don't do that. The same level over yeah. and over. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then there's a lot of the real work, right? Which is, you know, everything from the creative, which is a ton of fun, but has its own challenges. Yeah. Um, to the operational side of running the business, right? And all the responsibilities of how do you manage and coordinate a team to how do you, you know, execute against the business constraints. Because look, at the end of the day, Games are expensive to make, and there's a whole business behind that. That's so, the publisher side of things. So, right? with that, do you have to do you have to live in spreadsheets half the day and want to jump out a window? <laughs> uh, yeah, you do spend a lot of time managing resources and planning, and that can look like living in in spreadsheets. Um, and you know, teams that do it well, using whatever method. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things from agile development to more waterfall development, and I'm not here to. Try I don't to even just... know what you just said. Yeah. Those are... <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, it's, it's sort of you have to find what works for you and your team. Yeah. Right. And for me, I think because uh, you know I have a more of an academic background, a more scientific background, um, I do rest on sort of data-driven sort of decision making. But it's a very creative process, right? And you know, you have to be delivering something that's super compelling and well executed to quality for fans. So for me now, I think I. I have the fortune of probably spending half my time in sort of the operational and planning side and half right. the time in the creative um, in the production role, of course, right? right? Like there's obviously roles on the team that are very much just operational and there's some that are very much just creative. Um, I think you, no one should come in this industry who doesn't want to participate in the creative, obviously, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, everybody has to be a game maker and be contributing to making a, a really remarkable creative product for fans. So, all right, so then let's fast forward a little bit. Dead Space goes over very well. It's a big new IP launch yeah. for EA, crit critically acclaimed. Uh, it spawns a couple sequels, but but you and Glenn decide, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, it's not my place to ask, nor is it your place to say whether, you know, he's like, okay, uh, what's the next step for us? Uh, and then, so yeah, which what was the chicken and egg here? Was it, uh, did you... Was did Sledgehammer come before Call of Duty did, or did uh, were they a package deal? How yeah. did how do you get you know you, you go out and you you start your own thing, and then how do you decide what's next? Yeah, or you just is it like you're a baseball free agent and you've just come off of a new IP launch and you've got publishers knocking on your door saying, "Hey, sign with us. Let's do this. Let's do that." Yeah, I think it's it's some of all of what you just described. I mean, again, only on my you know individual experience I can speak for, but. Dead Space was really amazing. And I th it was because, you know, the team just put their hearts and souls into that. And that was, that was that I just, I'm so thankful I was a part of that journey with, with those developers who are out there. Hopefully some of them are listening. Um, and some of it is you, along the way, you think about, hey, how do I do this better or different? What do I want next? How do I envision a better way to, to make games or build teams, right? How do, yeah. Is there a, is there a, um, a new way to foster a culture that can deliver, you know, creative excellence. And some of it, of course, is, you know, opportunities, doors open when you deliver something great. And I think those combinations, Glenn and I together had um, talked a lot about 
you know, what would, if we could start with a blank canvas, right, what would our version of a, of a studio and a studio culture look like? And I think at that time, Dead Space was pretty critically regarded and mm-hmm. it opened up a few doors and um, not all um, were as attractive as others, but there were, there were a lot of opportunities for the team and for Glenn and I. Um, now, at that time, it was just Glenn and I trying to figure out what we wanted to do next, and we both came to the realization that, you know, working with Activision on Call of Duty under the independent model, um, studio model, was pretty attractive. And, and I think co- being part of Call of Duty and, and the fan base, right, like really, you're going to work your butt off in this industry. I won't lie. Everyone's well, every going developer to. does, absolutely. Yeah, just like you and I do, like you pour your hearts and souls into it. And so you want to deliver something you're proud of. You also want to deliver something that fans love. And Call of Duty fans love, right? And as we were gamers first and fans first of the franchise. So to contribute to that, um, working with you know studios like Treyarch through Mark Lamia and Infinity War through Dave Stoll, like to be in that family of, of developers was very attractive. But bigger than that, I think we we both realized like to really start a culture of how we wanted to develop, we needed to be able to build it from scratch. We what does that mean? What is what is the way you want to develop mean? Yeah, you know, after ten years or fifteen years of of working in a in a large organization like Electronic Arts, and I say this with you know nothing but thanks and gratitude. I learned yeah. a lot. I have friends there. I respect everything it's about peace how and love. EA, peace and love, and and sincerely, right? Yeah. Like, there are friends there still to this day that I know deep down understand just how valuable that time was for me. Um, but, you know, when you, when you think about how cultures of teams are built, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of institutional knowledge that comes over time that's hard to sort of redirect or change. And the idea that we could, from zero, right, build the studio in the model we want in the facility we want, with the values we want, and then draw, you know, best-in-class talent to that idea was pretty, pretty attractive. Now, hardest decision of my career. Far harder no than, than leaving the University of Washington to go be a, <laughs> a beach bum, or far harder than not pursuing my academic degree. Leaving EA after 12 years was, was challenging. And also the, the best decision I've ever made. So is there a, I mean, is there a moment where, because obviously you've, you've, you've gone on this incredible career and life journey, uh, to get you know, to this point where you're starting your own studio, is there a moment where you wake up, you know, whether, I don't know if it's whether you look at a paycheck one day or whether it's just like you sort of have some sort of reflective moment where you take stock, but do you ever, is there a point, like a tangible point where you just at some point stop and realize and go, wow, this is like, this is incredible what I've what I've got to here. Or is this, again, has it just always been, part of the focus and part of the goal for you to get to the top of your field. Yeah, I don't think I ever set out set out to like nowhere. If you'd if if you'd asked the Michael Condry from fifteen years ago where he thought he'd be today, this wasn't even in, you know, yeah. the wildest idea that to run a studio or have a chance to work on Call of Duty or frankly be held in the same breath as is Infinity Ward and Treyarch, right? That's that's remarkable. I think, I don't know. It's it's always hard for me to talk about my own journey because I think I'm I'm super fortunate and I just, you know, a lot of luck 
and a lot of being surrounded by people far more talented than me. But you do, you get to a point where you look back and you're like, holy shit, like, how, how did we get here? Like, it's yeah. through deliberate day-to-day decisions, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I do have to pinch myself sometimes to think, wow, this is, this is remarkable. And remarkable just because, you know, I look across this industry and I know how hard everybody works, right? There's, there's not a developer out here who doesn't put their hearts and souls to trying to make something great for fans. Um, somehow we were able to build an idea, you know, we had an idea for the kind of studio we wanted to run. And we had our five-year anniversary this year. And I remember talking to some of the senior developers who followed us across about, you know, just how remarkable it was to get to this point. And I remember one of them I respect a lot, one of the engineers on their team, he said, well, I don't know why you're surprised, Connor. This is exactly what you told us we were going to do. This is why we came here. You said our five-year yeah. plan was to get to this day, and now we're here. And I think that that moment kind of humbled me a little bit to sit back and think, yeah, you know, you're right. We did have a five-year plan for Sledgehammer to try and make an impact on the industry <laughs> and on our, on our family of developers. And so, yeah, it, it's pretty humbling. So... Uh, the moral of the story, though, for again, for for anybody listening that says, "Oh, you know, I want I want to make games for a living. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome." I mean, but it sounds to me like the point of the story is the moral is the lesson to take is that you've. I mean, I suppose this applies to life in general, but just nothing will ever be handed to you. Nothing, you know, it's you. It doesn't just you. You don't. You can't just sit around and wish to be a game developer or to be whatever it is you want to be that it sounds to me like you've got to have a focus and you've got to, I mean, yeah, you know, you talk about you've had a lot of help and a lot of luck and, and I know I look at, I'm very fortunate to get to do what I do uh, and to have anybody like one person that would even listen to a <laughs> podcast I would do, but it, it does, it takes, you have to have that goal, right? To say, man, I am, you can't just want to do it. You have to go do it. Even if it's, in your case, you just took a the the lowest level QA job, and then after that, the lowest level production mm-hmm. job. So that sounds to me that the point is the lesson is to just to go do it. Don't dream about it. Don't wait for someone to hand it to you to actually go do it. Yeah, I think you know. Again, my journey. I don't know if anybody should try and make a point out of my journey because it's <laughs> it's just crazy Condry journey. But and you talk to Glenn, my partner, and. Um, he'll he'll describe a much more normal, you know, <laughs> sort of way into games where he went to art school and then he used yeah. that to get into video game art and then he pushed himself as an artist. Um, I can tell you, you know, having worked, you know, I don't know, if, uh, close to 20 years now, this industry will ask everything of you, mm-hmm. right? And it'll pay you back for that effort. So find your talent and yeah, give it everything you have. For mine, I've, I'm... I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm certainly not the nicest guy in the room. I'm not the most charming guy in the room. I might have been the guy who was willing to work the hardest at it. And I think, to your point, if you have a passion and a desire to be in this industry, get your foot in the door, get your foot in the door, and then work work hard for it. And opportunities will open up. And not all of them you're going to connect the dots exactly to where you want to go. I mean, I certainly, at times, took on roles that weren't the most exciting to me. But apply yourself, work hard, put your team first. Um, I think that's the best the best I could probably give you. So I'm sure very soon you guys will probably be having what's common in the industry a, a going gold a gold party where you know you'll release to manufacturing, but of course you know work continues on patches, updates, what have you. But when the game actually is out yeah. and you've got fans talking about it, being excited about it, what 
what's I mean, you've been through it with yeah. Dead Space and obviously with your other games at EA, but when a Call of Duty ships and it is, you know, it has the full power of the, you know, the Activision Death Star marketing machine <laughs> behind it. I know not, they don't, they don't I own Star say. Wars, but EA <laughs> does, which is kind of strange. But uh, what have you thought about, like, what that moment will feel like for you personally within the context of your career when, when Advanced Warfare goes on sale? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a curious question. Um, I think people handle stress and challenge differently, right? For me, I respond to stress I just, I buckle down. I buckle down hard, and the, the harder the pressure, the, the more stress I get, the harder I work for it, right? Yeah. So I think for, for me, uh, two things are going to happen. One, massive anticipation, just see the fan reaction. I mean, it, that's why we do this, right? This sure. Is, it's all about just hopefully delivering something that fans think is quality and have fun with. When we do that, because I really do think Advanced Warfare is, a, 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 you know, the most ambitious game we've made, and, and I'm proud of what the team has put off. If November 3 goes the way we hope and fans are having fun with it, I think I'm just going to collapse in the corner and maybe <laughs> curl up in a little fetal position and, and rest for a while. <laughs> That's fair. And then when you get a little distance from it, because it's, you know, I got to be honest, like being a game developer, putting out something creative to fans, wondering what the response is going to be, it, it's kind of, you know, you're a little vulnerable, right? You're Absolutely. a little vulnerable to having, sure. as you know, right, as a, a guy who puts creative material out there. Um, and then, you know, and then you get a little bit of distance from it. And I look forward to celebrating. I mean, friends and family who have not had as much time with me as they should have because I've been putting it into Sledgehammer with the rest of the team. Um, I, I look forward to catching up and playing. So that moment will be... You don't... No, come on. You don't really want to play after after three years, do you? Well, I think... I, the, if you're just being honest, like, come on, you've been playing it for this long and you've been... You've you've looked at this. You've stared at the same wall texture for <laughs> you know ten thousand times. Both don't yeah, you play other games, not your own game? It, all of these are true, right? You have stared at the same textures a thousand times. <laughs> um, I can't tell you the number of times I've played the campaign. Um, there, I've never played my own campaign games. Interesting. After I've shipped them, yeah. right? Like you go through that process, like that creative emotional release of getting into fans. It's hard, you know and I've heard of actors who won't see screenings of their movies. I've heard done. that, yeah. Um, by the way, I'm not in any way trying to say I'm like them um, <laughs> or what we do is like that. But Michael Condry, the Kevin Spacey no, of video game development. Not, not <laughs> quite the opposite. It, uh, <laughs> but there is something humbling and vulnerable about putting it out there. But MP, yeah. for sure, I'll be playing with fans. I look forward to that. Nice. Um, and I look forward to playing a lot of other great games that are coming out this year and next from all the other talented developers in the industry. Well, excellent. Uh, and I normally, at this point of the interview, I would ask where you're going to go on a uh, on a much needed vacation. Yes. But well, I already have the answer. It's the you're going to the Caribbean go for two weeks, no internet, unplug everything, throw the phone in the ocean. It certainly sounds nice. Yeah, no, I look forward to it. <laughs> I, uh, where would we go right now? That shows you just how deep we are. In you the probably game, don't right? want to tell fans where you you just want you don't you want to be left alone on vacation. <laughs> I think there's probably some of that true, and I certainly you know there is a well deserved one for everybody who's worked on this game, hopefully myself included, to get some. But yeah, no, right now it's all about just full, you know, heads down, getting to November third. It's exciting. It's right around the corner. Having this chance to talk with fans with you is exciting. So. Again, my journey is my journey, and I would never encourage anyone to try and path out their career but to your point 
it's an amazing place to be. It, uh, it's something that if you, if you want to go after, you know, put your heart and soul into it and it'll give you everything back. And hopefully in November 3rd, we'll see that, you know, it was, it was worth the energy. So see when you don't even, you know, this is a guy without, who admittedly doesn't have the artistic talent, not a programmer, and look where he is today. I mean, and there is. I mean, that's that is awesome that you can be in game development. I know it just probably sounds like I'm totally sucking up to you now, but I'm, no, I'm in genuine, genuine admiration for the fact because because I'm that way. Like for me, it was I've always loved video games. What can I, how can I be in it? Right. In somehow involved in it and make a living in video games. And for me, it was well, I do have the writing talent. I was yeah. always good at it, and so yeah. this is my way. So the yeah. fact that you have ascended to where you are without you know, you don't know how to program, you're not an artist, it's uh, it's admirable. And it's I something I that. think that people can take away from who yeah. are listening to this. Like, man, if I just have a goal and kick ass at that goal. Yeah. And probably like you, there. right? Like, it doesn't come easy, right? You had to work hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think that's where, I think that probably to me is, I, I'll be honest, like, I've, I've spent a lot of time at, you know, con, you know, really focused on the games I've delivered. Developers work hard, right? Undoubtedly, hard. undoubtedly right? Like you, you work hard at this too. And so that's probably the only only thing I would say is, you know, put your hearts into it. And I know that sounds maybe a little cliche, right? Like I'm sure everybody across lots of industries put their heart at it and, and don't have all the opportunities that they would they would want. Um, but for me, it, it just comes down to saying, look, just, con- just, you know, commit yourself to that goal and that idea. And whether it's being the, the least talented guy on the team um, – or, you know, frankly, there's so many people that, and by least talented, I was referring to myself, <laughs> by the way, um, <laughs> you know, whether you're now in operations or finance or marketing or PR or the creative side of game development or an engineer, like, there are a lot of ways to contribute. It takes yeah. a lot of people. It takes an army of people. and um, Takes a village. Takes a village. <laughs> and a village idiot. <laughs> Again, <laughs> self-deprecating humor there. Um, to do it. So there's a lot of ways to get involved and work hard at it. And there's more, there's more, um, there's more help available. There's more, you know, academic courses. Like you can, you, there's lots of schools. You can now. go to school for games design Absolutely. and development now. From really great schools, right? USC's got an amazing, like USC, a fundamentally fantastic school. You can go all over the country to places that will help you be more prepared than probably you and I were. Yeah. And so take advantage of those. Thank you, Michael Condry. The game <laughs> is Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. You may have heard of it. November 3rd is the date you keep dropping. That's the day zero yeah. early access thing, right? If I give you extra money, I'll, uh, well, I can play a day early. Not yeah. you. We can send <laughs> well, it to I you mean, personally. Well, I mean, you could personally give me some extra <laughs> You've money. You've got a PayPal, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess November 4th is the wide release in That's the right. U.S. Uh, November 3rd, if you do the day zero early access thing. And we obviously, we've been covering the game all month long on IGN as part of our IGN First program. Um, we've got plenty more coming as part of IGN First. Thanks to you and your team for having us down to the studio, letting us do a bunch of cool content. And, uh, yeah, thanks for spending, boy, a good 35, 40 minutes or so yeah, with me, thank Michael. Thank you, Ryan. And thanks to fans. I mean, we, this is why we're here. So appreciate being able to reach out and talk to them directly through IGN. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Unlock block. Can you take on the challenge? All right, unlock block trivia. I'm going to test you guys. This one, I didn't know this one because my Mortal Kombat knowledge ended in like 1994 or whenever. It ended with a babyality? Babyality. With an an aminality? And a Uh, Neither of those things were around in 94. 
They were introduced in Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah, which came out in... 96 or 7. No, Mortal Kombat 3 is for Super Nintendo. We'll go look it up. Ryan, really? you read that question. All right, there we go. So uh, our prize winner this week, Kevin D. Who, oh, uh, Kevin D. He is from... Saskatchewan, from? I bet. Yonkers, New York. Oh, Yonkers. Yonkers. Upstate recognized. Yeah. Giuliani. <laughs> Second <laughs> New York reference this week. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he wins a Podcast Unlocked prize pack just for having his question chosen. Again, it's not too hard, not too easy. Just a nice, fun Xbox question, which we can uh, test our friends with here. And he asks, in the Mortal Kombat storyline, looking at you, Destin, because you are our Mortal Kombat expert, (laughs) what was the name of the original Sub-Zero who was killed by Scorpion? Was it Quan Chi, Kai, Bai Han, (coughs) or... Kwai Leon. <laughs> Leon. I'm, I'm hung up on that one. Yeah, it's a I'm, uh, disaster of some names. That's not a good pronunciation on my part. Also, I bet it's none of these. I bet he tricked us. None of these are even things. <laughs> one of these rules? Quan Chi's a character yeah. in the... And now, hilariously, the I don't remember what he the said last the answer was. The last one is D is a Jedi from the Expanded Universe. <laughs> C is Kwai Sandwich Kwai Leon? from a... Yeah, and then he's a sandwich from a deli near my Behan. place. Kai is energy from Dragon Ball Z. So I'm going to go with A, Quan Chi. Quan Chi's okay. a character, so he seems like he could be an answer. Hell of a character. Also, Animalis, 95, so I was wrong. So are we waiting wrong. in here? Yeah, I'm going A. You're going A, which no. is Quan Chi. Sure. Yeah. Destin? I'm going to do Bihan. Which is C. 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 Uh, I have no idea, so I am going to pick D just to be. That was my second guess. Balanced. What if Kai? Kai is, what if what if Kai is just like Japanese for cold? It's probably Kai. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea, and I don't. You know, the last Mortal God. Kombat I played uh. was like the arcade version in '95 or something. I mean, I've I played one through three. I played Sub Zero Mythologies. So, so I you played should the, know. This. I should know. You should this. know the mythology. I know. But that was like 1998. All these names sound made up to me. Yeah, I think this whole question's made up. I think Kevin D. What if his original name was Kevin D? That's my that's my guess. Well, you know what? I have no idea because I, now I, I can't get into I my email. You got it? <laughs> it's behind. I was right. Really? All right. Whoa, yeah. Good job, Justin. Yeah. Thanks for bailing me out on that one. I also Appreciate said Bihan just to. Yeah! <laughs> John Finnegan, Shark Finnegan! Kwai Leong is the younger brother of Bihan who once went by the codename Tundra. He's assumed the role of Sub Zero out of respect for his fallen sibling. Yep. Nice. That's like uh, that's like the Tundra's a really cool name. That, I would have. <laughs> that's like stuck when the that. that's like when the king dies. The the brother marries the the yeah you know, the. It's just a mask. Yeah. Why don't we, all, why it's don't we like bring a whole weird. Why don't we it's bring a clan of warriors. So there's a bunch of Sub Zeros running around. Just nobody calls himself Sub Zero. So like there could be like thirty Sub Zeros. Just put on a mask. What if some guy comes around who's named Zero? Like Mega Man Zero? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying if they're Sub Zero, yeah. Zero would be their king. Because he'd be above them all. Wouldn't what if his name was like under? Dude. Yeah. He would be so under. then Zero would be. No, Sub-Zero means that they are under zero, Sky so zero. zero would be their king. What if uh, his name was like negative a thousand Kelvin? <laughs> negative a thousand right. Kelvin. <laughs> we got to end this train wreck. Uh, by the way, uh, Kevin D, his gamer tag, if you would like to friend him, is uh, King Hades, except there, he's doesn't have the I. It's K-N-G space Hades. And if possible, could I get Forza for Xbox One? No, I'm afraid I don't quite have that power. 
yeah. playable demo downloadable on <laughs> yeah. Xbox Marketplace. We'll get you something fun. You want two Guitar Hero Van Halen? Yeah. How about two? Yeah, we can uh, make happen. <laughs> yeah, if you just if you squint hard enough, the, the Guitar Hero Van Halen starts to look like you know, looks like a go. car. <laughs> if uh, you want to win a prize, you want to be featured on the show, send your Xbox-related trivia question along with four multiple-choice answers. Note the correct one. Need your shipping address as well. Send all that to unlocked at IGN.com. Let's plug stuff. Sean. Oh, God. Plug. Come back to me. I don't know. Destin. Right now on IGN.com, you can vote for who you think is the better team, the Autobots or the Decepticons. Voting is open until October 2nd. So please take some time. Go vote. This is IGN versus Destin Gary here. I don't know. (laughs) Destin just signed off of radio. Um, I just reviewed a game called Phoenix Rage, which is only coming out to PC right now, but it's coming early next year to Xbox One. Okay. How many times did you die? Uh, literally probably 13,000 times. Uh, it's a super hard uh, Meat Boy-esque uh, platformer. I didn't super enjoy it, but uh, this will be a game coming out in a few months on Xbox One, so check right. that review out if you are interested. And uh, again, I just want to mention the top 25 Xbox One games list that mm-hmm. we're debuting. The, you know, I, I predict next year's version will look very, very different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun read. Check that out. Worked on that with a bunch of the uh, the xbox crew here so just the easiest way to find it is google it and i'll also mention ign prime easy way to support us keep the lights on over here better still for you it turns off ads on desktop and mobile on get you watch just watch videos without the dumb pre-roll in the way which is nice and we do give away free games and get you beta access to certain things when the time rises, whether it's Destiny or what have mm-hmm. you. So uh, sign up now at IGN.com slash Prime. Yeah. Oh, wait. And one last thing. This doesn't have to yes. do with Microsoft, but it has to do with Nintendo and all roads lead to Nintendo. Oh, yeah, we this probably is great. would not be here if we, it wasn't for this. We all grew up on yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> um, so we did this huge uh, sort of months in the making feature. Sean shot the video for it. Uh, it is Nintendo's 125th anniversary this, this month. month yeah. uh, obviously, they have not been making games that long because that's not how... Well, not video games. Works. No, but they've been making playing cards <laughs> Card games, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and so we counted down uh, the top 125 Nintendo games of all time. So these are first-party games. These are Nintendo It's first-party. It's, it's developed or published. Or published. And okay. So we have some – there's some notable exceptions because of weird things. But like something like The Wonderful 101, which Nintendo co-developed with Platinum, could be on there. Right. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of great games, a really awesome sort of nostalgic I still haven't looked at it yet. Line. I need to do that. It's awesome. There's this massive video component that Sean – shot there's let's plays for almost all the games yeah. there's written things for the entire list so check that out and leave a nice comment and going along with that i now fig- figured out the thing i should plug we as part of that uh, 125 year anniversary thing for nintendo I, nintendo i also made uh, a visual history of link piece which Very chronicles cool. all of the different visual styles and nuance changes that link a character mm-hmm. who's been around for now 27 years yeah uh has gone through since the beginning of the series that's that also horns? on ign what is that my corn? yes and that was the last collaboration between me and mike horn who is one of our superb he is video high editors. in amsterdam right now yeah <laughs> uh he has moved on from ign and is going to amsterdam yeah uh one of our best video editors and definitely one of our best video pieces out there, even if you're not really interested yeah, it's in really good. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely am going to check that out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, follow Shark Finnegan at <laughs> I am Finnegan. Thank you. Marty Sleva at McBiggity, two G's, two T's. Yes, yes. Uh, me, I am at DMC underscore Ryan, and Destin is at Destin Lagari. Gentlemen, thank you so much as always. Yeah, that was a really you. good interview. Yeah.
Thanks. I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, so that's why I was fake. But I'm I'm actually excited to listen to it. You know. <laughs> Another just about 90-minute show. Yeah. We've got a lot of kind words. People like the long podcast. They do. Yeah. Some days, sometimes we don't have as much to talk about. Yeah. What can you say? But last week we did, and this week we had people to talk to. Mm-hmm. Works out. For Sean Finnegan, Marty Sleva, Destin Legary, the absent Mitch Dyer, and uh, is anybody else dead besides Mitch? Manuel Noriega. This one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're listening to this episode from jail, my friend. Uh, This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 163. And uh, most of you subscribe to the show already. If not, head on over to iTunes. That's where most people get it. You can subscribe to it very easily there, and it'll just get fed to you automatically. See you guys next week. Goodbye. We're all going to have panamia.